This is Power Athlete Radio. With your hosts, Denny Kaye, Professor Booty, and the Luke Summers. And now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and retract those scapulas. It's time for some knowledge bombs. Seven Power Athlete Radio. Thanks for joining us. Hope you had a good Memorial Day. I know I did. Uh, we got the Power Athlete coaches, of course. Tex, John, Luke, and Callie. We got the freaking gargantuan Steve Playtech with the wingspan of at least eight feet. I mean, my God, dude, that video, you could you could basically tie your shoes standing up. <laughs> Whatever, Daddy. <laughs> anyway. If you could tie your shoes. You guys. I hope exactly. you had a good Memorial That's Day. Like Danny's still wearing zips. <laughs> I mean, we had a, we had a lot of shit going on this past weekend. Uh, we had John's awesome commentating at the regionals, which we'll get to in a little bit. Tex is going to bring us up to speed on Wade's army. There's a few ice bath challenges, few call outs, and there's going to be some kick-ass apparel soon to be posted. I hope it's those badass looking power athlete t-shirts, the red, white, and blue. So, without further ado, let's uh, let's kick some ass. How you guys doing? Doing well. What's up, Daddy? Recover, recovering from uh, we did Murph at Balboa yesterday. And, Ouch! Uh, I just am not built to Murph. Period. So yeah, that shut the sliding last. Yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. Yeah, well, you had an ice bath to uh, kind of help you out for recovery, right? That's right, man. Got called out, and I stepped up, and uh, now we got that challenge going out to a few people uh, across the country. Yeah. got to go international. I didn't see it till this morning when I um, came in to check Facebook. I try to limit my Facebook exposure to only once a week, so I guess um, I didn't know if how or when it starts, but we'll get it done today after I think we work out. I think we have, what, a thousand air squats for time. Right, Callie? Is that what we're doing today? <laughs> you guys should work. Um, we I already went international. Scott Wilson's in Australia. Oh, okay. Is he one of your uh, NFL PL buddies? Uh, he did the Boston one, and uh, he's a he followed football for a while, and so we just yeah. kind of got in touch offline. Yeah, yeah, I know who he is. He follows the field strong stuff. I'm just busting his balls. <laughs> He, he sent us a pretty good email, or, or actually it wasn't the email. He was in the Field Strong uh, forums talking about, like, his up and downs. And his uh, he had a pretty good story about what went down with his combine. So yeah. I remember they, like, you didn't make it. You did make it. He was up and down all around. Flew, like, 18 hours to do this thing. I mean, serious fucking dedication. Yeah. Yeah, he's a baller. He, uh, he snatched 295, and then the last race, he uh, had to clean and jerk 315. Missed the clean backwards, fell on his chest. Um, must have felt good. Yeah. Oh, the bar, you mean it pinned him? Pinned him on his chest. Yeah, 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 pinned him. Wow. Sounds, that sounds That's like fun, good. huh? Yeah, right. Well, it depends. I mean, if you're like Luke with a bird chat, like a little, like, kind of like Stevie's <laughs> Karate Fest, you'd be okay. But, but I'm a barrel. I'm, but I mean, if, like, back if, if like a guy had like a big, thick back and like a big, strong chest, like a Denny, maybe, <laughs> uh, he might hurt himself. Might have a collapsed sternum. So, well, John, let's, let's talk, let's talk shop about your your experience commentating oh yes <laughs> so did you guys Danny, did you listen in and steve did you guys listen in much yes i listened in what, i didn't catch anything yeah you know what i i didn't either i didn't either with the time i tried to get in on you know internet vision and uh, every time i logged on it there was like a wait i had to wait like 20 30 minutes and i couldn't do it i had my hands full here so I kind of yeah. dropped the ball on that one, but I heard he kicked ass. Danny, what, what, what do you have, dial-up? Yeah, that's what I was saying. The line was busy. <laughs> Doesn't everybody have dial-up? I mean, what, is there something better out there? <laughs> so, John, what were some of the highlights? I mean, you being on the other end of it, I'm, I know that uh, you were getting texts from some of our guys, like Jesse up north, just calling out some of your... 
some of your great one-liners? Well, I was super fortunate in that Rory McInerney, who uh, did the play-by-play, not only is a extremely witty, funny guy and has a great sense of humor, but is also extremely knowledgeable. So it always helps to have a guy who's extremely knowledgeable and has a good, I mean, just a good sense of humor and actually has really good timing. It's really rare to run into people that have good timing. Most people uh, that I've run into, their timing's so bad, I actually think it's on purpose. But Rory's timing was really good. He had a great, vast uh, knowledge of movies. And so we were able to really pull from a lot of different things. Like, you know, obviously you guys picked up the dodgeball references. I kept referring to him. I'm like, OMG, Cotton, you're going to change your shorts. <laughs> so we got into a lot of stuff and uh, started rolling with it. I mean, he played, he gave me one really big softball, which was, um, you know, everybody likes to, you know, watch everybody sling around some heavy weights. And at which point he looked at me and I was like, well, everybody loves a big snitch. And at that point, I looked over and the gal who's the red hat, which is kind of our liaison between what's going on in the truck behind us and us. I mean, all of a sudden I watched her and she like her face turned and she like exploded and sort of like running around in circles. So evidently, I guess that was uh, pretty solid timing. I mean, it came off pretty flawless. So I thought we did well. I, I, I really enjoyed it. It was great to see it from a different perspective. Um, having always been an athlete to actually sit on the other side and actually do some commentating and talk about, you know, what the athletes are doing, the movements and what you kind of see, and then bringing in a little bit of a fresh perspective, because obviously I don't, you know, I, I didn't learn this stuff from CrossFit. Uh, a lot of the guys that are doing the commentating are, you know, hundred percent, you know, CrossFitters to the bone and that this is, you know, really like, this is what they do. This is really their first, you know, their biggest experience with training. Whereas I come at it from a little bit of different kind of point of view, like looking at these athletes. I mean, I'm always looking for position and posture and thinking about energy systems and how, you know, what these workouts are tapping into and more importantly, repetitive movement patterns and, you know, planes of motion. And so I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these from like a super kind of a different perspective, whereas I think everybody looks at it like, oh, these athletes are competing. Whereas I'm looking for, you know, how are they breaking down? Why are they breaking down? And more importantly, how they design these workouts to force these athletes to break and i think the people listening at home enjoyed it because it's probably just a little bit of different commentary and i one guy was pretty hilarious he was like you know it's probably the first time i've heard um somebody commentating on a crossfit event talking about different energy systems that are being tapped into in the different workouts um and i was like well you obviously don't listen to power athlete radio very much or yeah. talk to me johnny if that's you know something that you're unfamiliar with so i thought it was good i i, I like to uh, it was really fun to get to know a lot of the athletes. I got a chance to hang out with Dan Bailey and and uh, Josh Bridges and also Matt Chan. And, you know, just super solid guys, you know, hard workers, good sense of humor, really funny. Uh, you know, I always look to kind of, you know, try to keep light of it. I mean, people like at the end of the day, man, like. Uh, you know, the, the best people always can, you know, have a sense of humor and take a step back and laugh about this stuff. I mean, whereas other people are treating it like they're going in for brain surgery. And what was good about those guys is they had a good sense of humor and they were able to keep it light. And I enjoyed interacting with them. Did they talk at all about, uh, uh, I mean, the event and the workouts? I mean, oh, yeah, I was busting Bridges balls about uh, doing air squats. I'm like, really? You're five, five like pistols and fucking squats, like you shouldn't win this. <laughs> now I was like, now if on the uh, the sprint rope climb, if he did the same move that that black guy did at the, uh, you, you know, was it Elijah Muhammad or whatever the guy's name where yeah. he was like basically sprinting, taking a step and like jumping with like one pull. Did you see that? No, I didn't see it. I heard so, about it though. Yeah, there was a, I, I think, I, I can't remember, I, I want to say Elijah Muhammad, but that's probably wrong on the guy's name. But he, you know, like six three, obviously had a great vertical jump. He was coming back off the sprint, taking like two or three steps, jumping with one hand, catching the rope, and slapping the top off. Jesus. I mean, that rope was at 14 feet, and the guy's probably able to dunk a basketball. So, I mean, the guy was jumping like 10, 6, 11 feet, catching the rope one hand and going up and yeah. closing the gap and then just falling down. I mean, it was super impressive. So when I was joking with Bridges, I was like, now if you did that, I would be impressed. Yeah. <laughs> so I was in the back trying to offer him. I'm like, man, we got to find some like gummy berry juice around here. We're, we're going fucking gummy bear style. You remember gummy bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. <laughs> so I was busting his ass on that, but he was pretty funny. I mean, he's like, yeah, dude, I make pistols and fucking squats. I mean, that's, that's my wheelhouse. In yeah. 
Um, but the thing which I appreciate, it doesn't matter, uh, you know, what the sport is, whether it's professional football, whatever. I always appreciate watching people's preparation going into the event, you know, how they deal with adversity and the kind of the drama, of the whole deal. And really, I mean, it doesn't matter whether, you know, what sport it is, whether, you know, you're competing, there's always going to be some adversity. There's always going to be some drama. And there's kind of an interesting twist with CrossFit in that you're judging the standard of the reps. So there's so much chance for human error. There's so much chance for interaction, you know, like for example, and, and we were talking about it today. I mean, it's so difficult, for example, on a rope climb to judge, you know, I'm standing at the bottom looking up. This athlete is going up this rope that's 14 feet in the air. I mean, can I really see them slap the cross member? I mean, it, it's, it, you know, like sitting there as a spectator, I mean, in football, um, there's, and I don't know if you guys know this, but there's two cameras on every single person of value in the NFL game. So there's obviously 22 players on the field at any one time. Each of those players, every player has two cameras on them at all times. So like, that's why when you see these replays where they're like, oh, there was a penalty. And then next thing you know, you look back and there's like the camera showing the offensive lineman's hand totally on him. And you're like, oh my God, how did they know that that guy was going to hold and people used to say it and they'd be like man that was incredible or like you know the foot the foot it's because every player every person of value has two cameras on them so in these situations you know and like you can see as an nfl game there's like cameras on strings and it's 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 crazy i mean to the point now like they have so many cameras in the NFL stadiums that they can actually digitalize and show you 360s. Like, you know, like all of a sudden they, they show the field and they go like 360 around and they're doing all this. It's because they have so many cameras that they're able to cover from every angle and they're able to bring those in into this technology. And I remember they were developing that technology and testing it when I was playing and now it's really pretty amazing. But I think with CrossFit, uh, that ability to really like go back and look at the judging. I mean, they just don't have the ability to do it yet. And so I think with that, you know, you're going to get people that are going to get misreps. They're going to have people that aren't going to get counted in here and there. And I think that's where like the really the crux becomes of it. And it's unfortunate when athletes miss the games that, you know, due to a human error or somebody makes it when they shouldn't. But I think for the most part, those, you know, the, the judges did an incredible job and I think the athletes went out there and busted their ass. And I know people, uh, you know, think it's, you know, uh, CrossFit's stupid. It's fucking a waste of time. But, uh, you it's know, legit. Just, I mean, yeah, that, that I mean, production is. I mean, yeah, just just the fact that people are willing to go out there and put themselves into this situation like, hey, I'm going to show up in the middle of somewhere and I'm going to fucking allow myself to be put into this meat grinder for three days and come out at the very end. I mean, it's impressive. And, and the, the amount of work and effort those guys put forth, I was impressed. And it, I mean, the crowd was roaring as well. I mean, we, we were stuck outside and I didn't get much chance to get into the stadium. But I thought they hear. were cheering for me, but well, yeah, well, was, everybody usually does. I was confused. Uh, yeah. I mean, the crowd's into it, which is so I had kind of an interesting kind of epiphany a little bit on camera and that there's very few sports and the only one i could really think of is golf where the people are there like in this like you obviously go to like a i don't know if you guys have ever gone to any like open or anything with the mm-hmm. golf or seen it on tv all those people that are fans every one of them is a golfer that's why they're there oh, yeah. Yeah. right i go to the driving range three days a week i hit with a pro i work and you're watching tiger woods you know, or whoever, you know, Phil Mickelson, line up, Mickelson, line up, and all of a sudden, here they are, they hit this perfect swing, perfect shot, whoosh, and they drop it like three inches from the pin. What the people standing there watching are looking at is like, I do this as much as I can, this is my passion, and these people are able to do something that is so far outside of the realm of possible for me yeah. without like luck shining on my ass, because, you know, it, it, you know, Personally, I, so my, my experience with golf was um, my rookie year, I got invited to play in all these golf tournaments. I really sucked. I went and took a bunch of lessons, played the whole off season, actually got pretty good where I could shoot in like the low nineties. And then the season started and I didn't play any golf. And then the first day of the season, I went out and played and shot like 150. 
and I literally broke my club and I've never picked up a club <laughs> since then. But when you go look at like a golf, like all of those people are golfers and like, that's why they're there. They want to be in the presence of greatness. Now, CrossFit is similar in that everybody in the stands is a CrossFitter. So I do this training. I train at this gym. I know what these workouts are. I've done pistols. I've done this. I've done pull-ups and they're out there similar, you know, cheering on people and they're living and dying with these athletes because they've done these workouts. Because they know how hard it is. Yeah, and they they know how hard it is. They know how much skill is involved and how much, like, torture is involved. Well, it's like uh, Nasty Girls, for example. Mm -hmm. Like a subtent, like I remember when the original, I mean, Nasty Girls was really my first introduction to CrossFit. I saw the video of Annie Nicole and Eva doing Nasty Girls, and it was impressive. I mean, I was like, holy shit, this is incredible. But, like, a sub-10-minute Nasty Girls is a phenomenal time. These guys were doing Nasty Girls 2.0 with pistols instead of air squats, and we're doing it in like seven and eight minutes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like just mentally, I'm sitting there looking at it. It's like, you know, all of a sudden you see these guys do these workouts. I mean, the one workout they had, which was at 50s, was oh, I, I'm the only one that calculated it, which is hysterical. Like, because when I was, I, I kept saying it on, on film, people were like, man, I never thought about it like that. I'm like, it's 450 reps. It's nine stations of 50 reps. It's 450. And they've got to do it in 21 minutes, which is 660 seconds. You do the math. Mm-hmm. Like they got a rep. I mean, like two, and these guys were almost finishing that workout. There were people that finished that workout like that. Like that to me is these guys were moving, uh, you know, wall balls. I mean, all of these different movements, I mean, we're able to do that many reps in that little time. So it was impressive to see, but that's what really was the epiphany for me is that CrossFit's different other than maybe golf. And the only other thing I could really think of, um, is uh nascar people go to nascar obviously for the you know the element of the danger but every single person that's ever got behind the wheel of their car and stomped their foot with their right you know stomped on the pedal on the right and screamed you know you know boy you got the balls past me on the outside and things are cold trickle <laughs> right like i love watching nascar and i i got a chance to do all that nascar driving experiences and it was great and i, I, I get a chance it. to experience it firsthand anytime luke's driving the van i drive fast I mean, I heard but it. who's a better driver i I'm a better driver. Callie's like the only one I've ever seen drift a van. Is John no, 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 no. See, John, you don't actually drive. You're just behind the wheel while you're working. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Neither of you guys actually drive. You're just watching a movie, texting, and simultaneously on the phone. Well, with my brain eating. works more efficiently than your guys, so I can do more. Uh, <laughs> it's science. I've proved it. Um, so, like, that was really, really enlightening. Uh, whereas, in contrast... In the NFL, you have these fat, greasy, douchebag, armchair quarterbacks that sit there and scream while they're stuffing hot dogs in your mouth. That guy fucking sucks. And then they get on a blog. And the guy's only experience of playing football is like his like turkey bowl flag football game mm-hmm. on Thanksgiving. And yet he's a fucking expert. He's elite. Right? So it's like it, it's such a different dynamic where yeah. like, you know, guys are, you know, like obviously scream and yell. And that guy's fucking a bum. Little do they know that there's an offensive coordinator calling the plays. There's all these other experienced yeah, factors that go into the end product that these guys never see. Whereas with CrossFit, it's like. There's a workout. Can you do it? Three, two, one, go. I've done this workout and this guy's crushing me. So uh, like, that's really what I liked about the game or the, the, the CrossFit deal. I thought that was what was exciting and having, you know, kind of be a little behind the scenes and on the media side and really, you know, doing the commentating was exciting. And I got to kind of see the drama and really watch these athletes and how they kind of fought through it. And it was interesting to see like some people, how they're, you know, I mean, like for example, uh, in the team event, the, the team from brick crossfit dominated the entire weekend and then all of a sudden they get into the very last event and their team captain uh last guy's name is pearl mutter who's you know a, a pretty good crossfitter comes out and pretty he, good. he gets yeah he's a solid crossfitter uh misses uh gets called short on a bunch of overhead squats so yeah. it wasn't getting below parallel and like once that had him uh, happened you could see the fatigue he couldn't get the bar into position he couldn't lock his shoulders and, and it took mentally... him like 14 minutes to get the stuff Ugh. and like the other teams are trying to work through six people other people are like it like their fifth person he's still fighting yeah wow. and like these guys 
like the race was so close at a bad finish and these guys wouldn't have gone and they kicked ass the entire time. So finally he gets done and they, they have three girls on the brick team that are just fucking uber badasses. I mean, they're all like former gymnasts. I mean, they all look like Olympic sprinters or former, I mean, every one of them, those girls got out there and absolutely crush it, blew it out. Like, like, dude, the speed at which these girls were doing pull-ups was unreal. Like I was watching these girls, like they all of a sudden saw this and were like, we got to make it up. Yeah. Those girls fucking hammered it, carried that team. They crossed the line Mm -hmm. and they were like one point ahead in third place. So they were like kicking ass in first one bad stumble and, yeah. and the guy like it was one of those deals where he just like got shorted on a few reps you think like, it was mental they just like well it, it's it's you know and, and you guys know this uh, crossfit is extremely mental mm-hmm. especially like it uh well, let me take a step back like crossfit's mental and that you have to be mentally able to do this stuff but it's also different when you mentally hey this is what i know i can do mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, as I'm going to do it, somebody says no rep. Well, yeah, it's it's it comes down to expectation. You have an expectation of yourself going into a workout based on things that you know about your body, like your bio, your the, the performance biomarkers. biomarkers, performances you've done in the past. OK, here's what I'm gearing up for. And then if, if in a competition, some variable occurs and like a judge starts no repping you when this is a movement pattern you've done over and over yeah. and over again in training, even expectation of yourself to perform a certain way then it, it can totally fuck you up well yeah I mean, then, then, then you got to take that time you got to you know recoup and this is really where uh you know confidence and like mental preparation having been there before goes into play i mean it's like for Sports ex- psychology the ability to bounce back from a, a negative performance like whether it's a missed layup or something i mean that's that's ultimately what separates good athletes from like elite or great athletes and that's yeah. been proven time and time again by yeah. well, sports psychologists i uh i don't know if i ever told you guys a story but we went to go play uh, the Indianapolis Colts in the first round of the playoffs. I want to say it was like in 06 or 07. And Willie Rofe had gotten hurt. Uh, he was our left tackle and our backup left tackle. Uh, you know, pretty solid, good young player kind of moving into the game. And all week in film, and if, you know, he had to watch Dwight Freeney all week in film. And, you know, those of you guys know what Freeney's nickname is, which is Fright Night. And the reason they call Freeney Fright Night was that if – you let things like like if he gets a little confidence and he gets up on you he becomes your worst nightmare and we saw it time and time again so we go out and we're playing indianapolis first round of the playoffs at home and you know friday night plays on turf he's fast he's agile you know crowd noise all these key factors play into it and i remember walking out there to you know go out to pregame and coming back in and then getting ready and you know we were in the tunnel ready to run run out the 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 gate and this guy looks at me and he kind of turns and was like uh dwight freeney's just a man he's just a man right i mean like how good could he be and i don't know if you guys ever saw the scene from gladiator before he went running out there and like the guy like basically pissed himself and he takes a big step away from him i just took a large step away from him and i was like dude if you're ready to run out in the tunnel and you're all of a sudden questioning like well how good could somebody really be you're gonna get stomped and he ended up having a bad day that day, uh, to say yeah. the least. He so, died, so he died I saw, on the field that day. <laughs> yeah, it, it, but like that—that's what happens. And like you know, we we saw it. Like um, you know, that ability to persevere through it, mm-hmm. I mean, becomes a real factor. I mean, you know, part of the thing too, and and this is where this becomes difficult, is certain athletes like obviously get no repped, and you just have to look at it and say, you know what, everybody's going to get no repped. Right. So. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take the position that even if I get no repped, I'm just going to keep going. Yeah, that's what um, amazed me. I I'm saw gonna, some people just like pause and question it. Yeah. And I'm like, that's 10 that's seconds. Cool. That's that you, just so like, ridiculous. Like Josh Bridges, for example, he on that last workout, the 64 and 8, um, in, in training, he had done 64 pull-ups in a row. Mm-hmm. So he went into it and he's like, I'm going to do a like set of like 50, 52. I'm going to shake out my hands. I'm going to do 10. And I'm going to go. So he said he was counting and he came off the bar at 52. And the judge said to him, 42, 22 more to go. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he said he looked time. at her and was like, shit, and jumped back on the bar and he busted out 22 <laughs> yeah. more. Nice. That, that's what, as and you then came do. off. Because you and, can't do anything at that point, you know? Yeah. 
And so he's like, she miscounted him by 10 reps. And he's like, you know, I knew how long I had done it in a minute 30. Like all of a sudden he's like, I was up there and I knew exactly how many reps I was doing. I knew exactly how, where I was at. And she called him off and the dude was like, just rolled. I mean, same, same happened to Dan Bailey. Who's dude. Dan Bailey is not only a physically impressive uh, specimen of a human, but fucking guy has got a motor and he got in that last event and he struggled with his overhead squats and the overhead squats were only 205 pounds. Mm -hmm. But what becomes, you know, more precedent is the look how much work these guys have done. Yeah, already. I mean, yeah, two hundred five pounds. Like, oh yeah, I just got over two hundred two hundred five pounds per set eight. No problem. But then you remember like three days of training. So seeing like the volume that these guys had done going into it and seeing how like the, the drama kind of played out to me was not only pretty exciting, was pretty fun, but I was uh, excited to kind of be a part of it. And I, I really actually enjoyed uh, watching it. I don't know, like sitting in the stands, if I was like, would have that same kind of interaction, but being kind of involved in the media side and then getting to talk through it and really seeing the guys and watching it and being kind of- This would be you, I love it. You're gonna get your Fran time tattoo somewhere in your body no i just uh uh it's good well no i i i think going into whatever you're going to do whether you know especially Mm -hmm. whether it's like you know you got to go in and portray this stuff what i appreciate you guys know this about me is i appreciate human movement and i really appreciate good movers like there was uh there were some really really good movers like there, there were some people that i would have gladly walked over and been like would you like to come train on my gym? Would you have you ever thought about being on the CrossFit football staff? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like uh, there was a girl, Nami Nelson, uh, Nielsen. She trains at Brick. Dude, that girl was so aesthetically pleasing to watch. Mm-hmm. Everything she did, like her body position, everything she did looked really nice. And I remember Solid. watching her do it and was like, that girl's super athletic. Yeah. And uh, she was a former gymnast, dance instructor. I mean, really moved well. Now, obviously, didn't have like the same motor and you know wasn't able I mean even though she hammered you know obviously didn't make it but like just aesthetically pleasing Val Bobel extremely aesthetically pleasing you know uh Becca Boyd really nice I mean all these girls you know that's about there yeah they all move really well and I think what I appreciate is human movement I like watching athletes do things that are athletic and move and run and change direction Mm -hmm. now I, I wish selfishly I got to design the workouts yeah what would you what would be a workout you put down oh god uh i would definitely have change of direction i would love to see athletes change direction i mean to me my favorite event and i was busting fucking chance balls on this one was uh he uh my favorite event thus far in any crossfit games was the zigzag run yes and i said that to chan and dan bailey won Chan finished second to last behind Kalipa or just right in front of Kalipa. And I said it to him, Chan rolled his eyes. He's like, fucking, of course you'd say that's the one I was the worst at. I was like, dude, it's not my fault. And then uh, I told him, I was like, if you came to CrossFit football seminar, I guarantee we could show you how to change direction and yeah. at least give you things to work on. And he's like, great, I'll come. So I'm like, great, let's get you to CrossFit football seminar. Nothing like a foot race gives me the most pleasure in the world. When that it's event nice. was announced, yeah, I do. Have, I have goosebumps just thinking about it. Yeah. Oh yeah, that like. Was the best. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, the other one I really enjoyed is watching the hang, uh, hang one RM snatch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just watching like those people get it into position, and then like really seeing who's an Olympic lifter and who just Olympic lifts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I always go back to what Todd Rice said to me. There's two types of people. There's people like there's people that Olympic lift, and there's Olympic lifters. Be an Olympic lifter, you know, address the bar, know what it is, know how to get underneath it, understand that second and third pole, you know, and really how to get into it. So watching those guys lift, you could see who put in the time and who was just trying to muscle it. I mean, you know, like I, some of the girls and some of the guys were really, really skilled and they looked great. And dude, a guy, uh, hang snatch 295 pounds. It's a pretty sick. solid lift for a guy that's not a Olympic, Olympic yeah. lifter that's sick. coming from the hang. And the girls, uh, a lot of the girls, I mean, there was a, one girl that bombed all three of her lifts mm-hmm. and didn't get a score. And from the first event, came as the number three overall in the open. Comes in, bombs all three lifts, instantly first workout, out of it. No chance. Oh, my God. And yeah, she, of course. And she... Continued to compete. Well, she continued, and I guess at one point, like we were in the back, she didn't want to go on. She's like, I'm just going to leave. And the people talked her into staying, and she put in like some pretty good performances. What was her limiting factor on the lift? Was it just. I think. uh, She came out too heavy. I wasn't in the warm up, but what was surprising is, is whatever you do in the warm up room, take off 10 pounds. 
Yeah. So if I snatch 300 pounds, I'm going to open up with 290. You got to do something confidence. Well, yeah. And I mean, uh, I think Josh Bridges was like hit 235 in the warm up, started at uh, 225, got one at least in the in the tank, and then you know what? Take that second and third lift to see what you can get with that. I wonder how so, like so she was third in the open in the region, and then she came in and bombed. Like she did, did she do, you said she didn't do well in the other workout as well. After uh, that, right? She, she struggled in some, but she did great in the others. Do I you mean, think so, there's some, like, is there any suspect like judging or anything? Well, like, I mean, you, maybe, you know, who, who knows? I mean, uh, you know, at this level, you have to film all of your opens. Yeah. So, I mean, there's really not like, Hey, I'm going to magically do this in sure. my basement and show up. So I, I, I don't know, but I, I think to like, you know, at least, that opening workout, what I got was that nerves got the best of her. That all of a sudden she got into a situation where, you know, nerves, uh, nerves got the sure. best of her. She was, you know, who knows? Uh, she came out, she probably warmed up, hit something, and then all of a sudden got into a situation where she couldn't hit it. And I think like that becomes uh, huge in the confidence. And you know what? Like I, um, uh, you know, I'm not as familiar really dealing with female athletes, obviously, because I didn't ever train with them. And, you know, playing football, we never had any, uh, you know, uh, girl athletes around us. And really the only girl athlete that I trained with was uh, Abby Womack from um, uh, U.S. soccer. And Abby is a pretty stout chick. So, uh, you know, really seeing what like, you know, like, the, you know, the, the drama of it unfold. I mean, uh, it's yeah, it was cool. And you know what? The other thing, too, which I, I really did appreciate and what's been cool about this CrossFit thing is that and, I, and you'll if you guys have been to the seminar, or heard me speak whenever people ask me, you know, why, you know, why I work in CrossFit and kind of what what the big association was. It really came down to this fact that CrossFit is helping redefine female expectations and a female image, you know, like, um, I always ask girls at the seminars. I'm always like, so what, what was the standard girl diet before CrossFit, before you got into CrossFit rice cakes, it was rice cakes, bagels, smoothie, high carb, low fat, low protein. What did your training look like? Oh, five, 10 pound weights, lots of reps, spin bike and shit. And now you have a situation where girls are eating higher fat, higher protein, you know, smart to moderate carb diet. They're lifting heavy weights they're running, they're sprinting, they're training like athletes. And, you know, uh, pulling, pushing, I mean, all of the things that like I'd done my whole life and believe me, I feel much happier about bringing my daughters and my girls got to come and see it. And they were pretty excited. Uh, um, my wife brought them and the whole time they were there, all they wanted to do was practice their box jumps up and down on the stairs. <laughs> so the girls, like, uh, they were watching the guy, you know, everybody do the box overs, the fifties and all they wanted to do is box jumps. So all we've been working on is box jumps for the last two days. So, I mean, it's it, for me as a father, I like bring my daughters to this and I actually see it and I feel better about this kind of influence than, say, something like a beauty pageant where it's like, you know, you have uh, who's the uh, mommy moo moo or so, um, like wave of a person. No, but like, you know, like the pageant or, or some of this other bullshit, like to me, at least I, I like see what the the mindset for the female athlete is. And I feel much happier about that. You know, it was cool. I mean, I, I got to see, uh, you know, Kate and I were there. We got to see Erica Faro, um, you know, two time Olympian in, in row. And, you know, she you know, she knows my little girls and like, you get to see all these people around it. There's a lot of, uh, you know, everybody's friendly. People are going up and happy to see the kids. And so to me, it's a, it's a better environment than, Sure. A lot of, a lot of, I mean, there's fucking worse places we could be. Yeah. I think, so. I, I think, and like from like a female standpoint, I think what it really does too is like you said, the female mindset of the athletes, it's really, it's not different from a male mindset. It really isn't. And I think for so long people thought uh, women had like a, a different mindset going into sports or something. And I, I think so, some of that is perpetuated. Some of it could be uh, women can be influenced in one way or the other with how they approach sports or weight training or something. But, you know, if, if all things existed in a vacuum, I mean, we really just have it's all the same. And now things are becoming a lot, a lot a level of playing field. And so um, and the opportunity exists there for us to lift weights and do things like that without any 
Well, it, it's like uh, my wife is pretty funny in that uh, her mom, I think when she was young, told her that like uh, like a, a girl knew she was in good shape when her legs didn't touch. <laughs> right. And people so, still people still have that as like a goal at our gym, which right. is weird. They write it on the the goal right. board. But, but like I and it's funny because uh, you know like I, I always joke that you know like you girls have the same problem I have where I wear out pants because my legs rub together and Chelsea's like oh yeah I wear out all my pants I'm like well that's because you got huge huge thighs. Yeah. She's like thanks. <laughs> and you know what like to me I, I I'd much rather have my girls banging heavy weights training jumping like training like athletes. Uh, you know, and like looking at like the girls that are there, like, you know, the girls have abs, they're muscular, they're strong, and they're actually doing something physical and athletic. To me, uh, that's a lot more rewarding than like doing like, a fitness pageant or a lot of this other, you know, kind of more like, hey, look at me aesthetics. Like they're actually using. They're performing. It's like, a, it's just, they're performing. They're yeah. using their body. They're and, you know, and then also a lot of the girls, I, I got a chance to talk to a lot of the female competitors, every one of them was some form of division one athlete before this, like the girls from brick were uh, gymnasts. Uh, one of the girls was a heptathlete. Another girl was a pole vaulter. Another girl was a gymnast. Uh, that Nami girl was a dance instructor. And I, was, I mean, if she's listening, dude, hit us up. She was unbelievable mover. Um, every one of these girls I looked at, uh, Liz Valenzuela was a volleyball player, Becca Boyd. I mean, every one of these girls had some, uh, I think Dolly Goble was a gymnast. I mean, every one of these girls has a solid, athletic background and then it's kind of like for guys like okay so i, I stopped playing football now what do i do mm -hmm. go to a triathlon like like what is it and, you, and if you look at a lot of the guys that are pretty good crossfitters like i talked to that uh wayne willett he was like a former bodybuilder football player and got into it most of the guys come from something like track uh um you know josh bridges obviously maybe seal but dan bailey was a track guy i mean it was cool to see that every one of these guys had some athletic background that brought him there. The only one, Lauren Fisher, started CrossFitting at 12. Mm -hmm. She's 20 now. But I mean, and you watch that girl, really good mover, super strong, really proficient with the lifts, and she's 20 years old and she gets to go compete at the game. So super impressive. But yeah, I was just, I'm just happy to see good movement. And the other thing, you know, because you, you always hear people shit talk CrossFit about, oh, it's crappy standards. People move like shit. Everybody does these things. I walk in the gym hurting. It's nice to see people out there moving well, aesthetically pleasing. So that's my soapbox. <laughs> So anybody that follows the field strong and has been around me knows that like I fucking hate shitty movement. Yeah. That everything we do is about prepping movement patterns and primal movements and breaking things down and like can you do it aesthetically pleasing? How do you do it well? I mean, you see me write all the time, like, I don't give a fuck what you left. I don't care what the numbers are. I just want you to do whatever you're doing and do it well and be better today than you were yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I was happy to see that this weekend. Yeah, and uh I mean, I, I tuned in for maybe 20 seconds from the tent or uh, 20 minutes, like each day, just kind of check up when there'd be a to see downtime. if we got fired. Yeah, well, no, see, yes, if you place, but uh, the and I, I think we've talked about this as well. I think watching the females is much more impressive yeah. than than the guys. I don't know why why it is. Maybe it is because they're just it's just better or more graceful movement rather than just uh, muscling through it. But there's definitely a change over and the past i mean over the evolution i guess of the crossfit games or regionals and everything like that where quality movement is the scalable factor like if you are not a good mover we, you cannot progress your fitness or however you want to define it well so so much became compete at that level uh in my commentary and i i don't know if people kept uh, put, uh picked up on it but what i kept talking about was efficiency of movement yeah uh what i was looking for was are you moving from point a to point b in the most efficient manner because everybody's good everybody's in good shape everybody's competing but the person that's able to do it better is actually the people that have the least wasted movement and the people that have the least wasted movement that are able to do it efficient are usually doing it the most aesthetically pleasing way like you watch rich froning no wasted movement right everything he does is you know straight lines and he's able to go so fast because there's no wasted bullshit mm -hmm. whereas then you look at a guy like jason kalipa who has less you know efficient movement yeah but the guy has so much motor he's like i know i'm gonna get no rep i'm just gonna keep fucking going yeah just and the guy's just like you know so we i always joke and call that the prefontaine mentality where it's like it's gonna take a suicide pace and today's a good day to die and i appreciate that mentality too 
but so much of this becomes efficiency of movement. And then you start watching and I, I look at everything from like these different, you know, energy systems and really, um, the one that was really blowing me away was the isometric hold, the ability to hold the shoulder in a lock position on that overhead squat, because this thing was basically body weight movements and only movements this entire weekend. Um, you know, like pairing up like pull-ups and overhead squats and, it wasn't that anybody's legs were necessarily fatigued because all these people, you know, everybody there is, you know, good squatter. It was that isometric hold, that static hold position, that ability to lock that shoulder into a good position to be able to drive the weight up and down became the limiting factors. And so for me, I'm always, you know, as you guys know, I always look for limiting factors. How do you address limiting factors and then create the, you know, kind of strengthen those different pieces. And so much of what we've done with field strong is going back with the ISO stability and the warmups and all the extra credit and all the little things we do, all those little things become the sum of the parts. And the next thing you know, the athletes are crushing stuff. I mean, if you follow the field strong program, you look at the comments, it's like, I couldn't do this six weeks ago. I can do this. And now here are the results in my numbers. And I'm like, well, the program is designed for me to expose weaknesses and then use those, you know, me shining a light on them, use those, use that same light to allow you to progress and build and seeing something like watching these athletes. I, I, you know, um, selfishly, I started taking notes for every athlete that I saw and being like, here's their limiting factors. This is where I see them breaking. This is what they need to work on. And I would have, I mean, if, if, if I could have, I would have loved to walk up and hand them a little report card and being like, this is what you did really well. And this is what you need to work on. And, um, you can tell me to go fuck myself, but, uh, I think I'm pretty good at human movement and I think I understand how to train athletes. And I'm just telling you this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, <laughs> I don't know if it would have been inappropriate or what, so I didn't do it, but yeah. A lot of these athletes, I would have loved to have handed them a little scorecard and been like, I think you did this great. You're incredible at this, but this is really where you're, you're, you're minimizing. Do you think it was all, most of it, the biggest or most common limiting factors overhead stability? Uh, well. It never is with women. Um, it almost never is. Well, everything you can do in CrossFit, and I, I made the comment, everything in this event you could do in a, in a doorway. Mm -hmm. Everything. Every movement was done in the doorway. So me looking at it and being like, if everything I know is done in the doorway, obviously I got to be stronger than that sagittal plane, but then everything is, you know, like there was a ton of pulls and actually Castor, I made the comment about this, this whole deal was very pull centric and Dave listened to it and he came over to me. He's like, I got a point of contention. Everything's not pull. I'm like, that's true. Uh, there was obviously pushes in it, but if you look at the ratio of push to pulls, it was extremely pull centric mm -hmm. and these guys hands you know from all the only movements the pull-ups the ropes i mean everything they were doing uh you know was extremely pull centric so obviously the grip was fried the shoulders were fried because uh, you know that we always talk about cooking that same movement pattern that mm -hmm. kind of shoulder overhead whether it's a pull-up a press i mean a jerk no matter what it is handstand push-ups rope climbs everything's overhead the bigger difference becomes though everybody's strong but there's no way to replicate that level of exposure without doing the regionals. Mm -hmm. Like where am I going to come in and do seven workouts in three days at that intensity? Right. So you almost have to look at it as an athlete and been like, here's the deal. I'm looking at these seven workouts. These four workouts are my wheelhouse. These three workouts are not my wheelhouse. The ones that are in my wheelhouse, I gotta be, I gotta win. Yeah. The other ones, I just gotta be consistent. And as long as I don't have an implosion, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. And I think like being very realistic with yourself and gaming it, I mean, watching Becca Voigt, just so consistent, mm -hmm. like so good, like didn't let anybody get in front of her, stayed where she need to, went hard when she wouldn't, leapfrog it. And I think like, you know, she's going to her seventh CrossFit Games. I mean, obviously she knows she's been there before and she knows what she needs to do to get there. But, and then uh, Val Bobel too. So it was cool to see. Uh, I would definitely, um, you know, uh, it's always cool to see where athletes break down and see what they need to work on. And then almost like hand them a little report card and be like, man, you do this great. All you got to do is fix this. And I think you're fine. But then the other part becomes, how do you train for that amount of volume? You can't like it's next to impossible. So you have to be able to do a solid, yeah. You, you have to be able to do a solid amount of volume. You gotta be able to train. You gotta put in your, your multiple workouts a day. And then when it comes to game time, you just gotta hope you have that extra switch. So 
as opposed to so steve like doing your research and prepping for the npfl uh that's going to be kind of a shared volume approach right so they're going to go kind of the different route with it yeah i think uh in the npfl it's different because even um as a team uh, in the team in the regionals you're not doing those longer workouts those longer sessions it's basically you get i mean it, it's the it's the fast metabolic pathways. You just go balls to the wall, and then you tag out, and then you get a rest. Yeah, I think uh, for the MPFL, it's more about um, within a two-hour window how how well you can recover between multiple workouts. So the volume is less. I think the intensity is just um, uh, higher. Yeah. For, for That's going to be interesting. For each individual athlete, yeah. But that's how this this just one event is planned. I'm sure they'll mix it up and you know keep it changing for the NFBL. No, I mean I think everything is going to be yeah. all the two all the two hour events are going to be pretty much the same. So you're going to have 11 11 workouts in two hours, and they're all going to be. I mean to fit 11 workouts in two hours, they've got to be short duration and uh, intense, fast recovery. Um, I mean, when I first did it, the first thing that came to mind um, when I was watching the other teams go was this is this is what we learned about in CrossFit football. This is basically four to six minute workouts, hard, heavy and fast, except you get the option to tag out if you hit the red line. And I think that's kind of the goal is to get to the right before the red line tag so the next person can get right before the red line so that moves as quickly as possible. There's yeah. no, in, other words, in other words, the difference between I think a CrossFit workout, um, a, a typical CrossFit workout, not certainly not that last workout, the pull-ups and overhead squat. I love that workout. Um, is that there? There is no pacing. There's no. Um, you can't. If you pace, then you lose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to be legit. To see how that whole thing pans out. You pace, yeah. you die. <laughs> yeah, you pace, you die. Yeah, I do. I, I think uh, anytime you give people the opportunity to compete and train and, and something bigger, I mean, we've, you know, the reason that our trademark on this website is what are you training for and why we've, you know, and since other people have tried to steal it from us, but they're fucking douchebags. Um, the reason we have what are you training for is because, you know, what drives you, what motivates you. Now, if, you know, I mean, we, we have people all the time, I just want to be a better athlete, I want to be healthy, I want to be this. Well, that's a real goal. Telling me, like, eh, I don't know what I'm training for. Well, then how do I design a program for somebody that is so fucking wishy-washy? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you know, with the field strong stuff, it's like, you know, I, it was funny. I saw one of the kids, and he's like, oh, man, I really like And you get through field strong. If you're complaining about the fucking length of field strong and how hard it, and that it's difficult and this and that, how the fuck are you going to progress into something with a big monkey? Mm -hmm. You know, and then what? And then we're programming something that's just going to fucking implode people. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, as soon as, uh, you know, we'll probably put that out after the games just because it doesn't make sense that people started now. Right. Um, but it becomes like what we're really teaching in the field strong is we're giving you a set of movements, a set of planes of motion. We're breaking the training into this kind of movement patterns and then showing you different ways to stress them so that you can address your own weaknesses and fix them and then we're stacking it with strength training sprinting running all these different conditioning modalities to actually give you a complete strength conditioning program like we would train a professional athletes but yeah it was actually joaquin was pretty funny he's like oh, i want to try that and he's actually doing the force program yeah he's yeah. getting blasted yeah i'm like dude if you can't make it out of that force your, your Big team. monkey's gonna have fucking go balls deep on yeah. you. It's gonna go full Hinsman. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, hold on. We can't joke and fuck around too much. People are unhappy about that. <laughs> it's not talking over one another. Uh, you know, so, that's okay. kind of bad for just the two uh, the two biggest complaints. Yeah. That we talk over each other or that we talk. You sound like you're talking from your bathroom. Yeah, it didn't. Denny's like, yeah, I'm sitting here talking yeah. to the Power Athlete Podcast from the shit house. <laughs> Callie's balls deep and Denny's taking a shit. Yeah. Oh my God. Denny's totally in the shit house right now. He's like, yo, it's does terrible. it sound like I'm in the bathroom? Why? What happened? I hope no one knows. He's like, hold on. Hold on a minute. Here, give me my hand. I got to bear it out on this sucker. We'll get through this. We are cutting all of this. Everything that started with balls deep. I'm just going to cut the first hour and Every start with balls deep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I, I, I will publicly say that the crew from Power Athlete HQ with Callie and Luke and, and Levi and uh, 
uh, Chelsea and everybody. They kicked ass everybody. this weekend. Everybody. Yeah. Oh, and Tex, even though I didn't get to see Tex, but I know Tex to be kind of a uh, kind of a lazy kid. So I imagine a lot of laying around, not selling anything, you know, oh. going out on a lot of expensive lunches. How much do you think Tex was combing his hair in that booth? Did you see his hair in that booth? Oh, it looked filthy. What's going on with that thing? Like, I, I should talk. I mean, you, yeah, no you look like, um, so I've been watching this uh, show. It's like Alaska Degenerates or something. That is not the thing. No, what is it? It's like Alaska, like out of bounds. It's like this family that lives like somewhere in Alaska and they refuse to be constrained. You look like one of the family members. Don't constrain me, John. Thank you. Or, or, or the Russian Yeti. That's the other one you look like. They, they keep showing pictures of the Russian Yeti. I'm like, yeah, he's in Newport Beach. His name's Luke Summers. <laughs> That's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> Luke's wearing a bathrobe right I now. don't understand, but, like, the whole hair. Like, what's like? even your hair is getting a little bit longer. Well, it's just because I haven't got a haircut. But Well, obviously. No shit. Well, yeah. <laughs> but actually, if it's not like I'm... Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't understand though. Like, what's going on? Like, everyone's in a hair competition. Well, but, but Texas hair is just getting long on top, like straight up, like eighth grade, like nineteen eighty six, like Cindy Mancini style. Cindy. <laughs> Man. I mean, like seriously, Texas starting to look like Pac Dempsey in Can't Buy Me Love. <laughs> Which is an excellent movie. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm going to take it as a compliment because I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> but I did get Texas expenses. I'm like $475 on paleo meals. How much does that Bobby guy eat? I, You know, we were living off of, I had three Quest bars and I kill Cliff. Yeah, just three Quest bars Dude. a day. And then I'd throw it up and re-eat it again like my dog. <laughs> I, I was drinking Kill Cliffs and eating Oh My Bars. Oh my! Oh, we didn't find the we, oh, my oh, someone was telling us. Was it you? Yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah they, they sucked. We hated them. <laughs> I, I ate like seventy-five of those things. Uh, so we do. Murray Daniel says that we should do some. Oh my God! Shut and I think the that fuck maybe up. We should put that out to Power Athlete Nation shut and do like a T-shirt up. competition. Uh, anybody that will design. <laughs> um, if, if you need a picture, any good kind of uh, pictures of Cali, we can digitalize. Yeah, I mean. I'm in hell. No, this will be fine. This is yeah, it'll be great. Okay, I'm imagining <laughs> it, it, it either has to be the color of Kelly's tank top or the color of my shoelaces. Yeah, it's got to be bright. Flesh yes, color. it's got to be bright. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe bright with like a big like purple writing, balls deep, and then that's with a Z. Obviously, yeah. so it's not too lewd. Yeah, it's know more. It's yeah, yeah. This is all right. Let's shift gears uh, and then wrap it up because hopefully we go get that turf. Yeah, we gotta get. Some. Uh, Tex, let's talk. Let's talk Wade's army and the ice ice uh, bath challenge. Yeah, yeah. So we've uh, over the last two two three days, I think we're getting close to eight hundred bucks raised, which is which is awesome. So I was called out last week by Jared Milky. He's a CrossFit CIC down in Florida. <laughs> And uh, I just kind of took the idea and ran with it. I knew they had ice baths at the games. So I was just kind of fingers crossed they were going to have them at the regionals and took full advantage of it. I snuck back into the athletes' pavilion. I don't know. They had a little center off stage that was uh, ice baths, food, and all that crazy stuff. And then I handed a camera to uh, one of Luke Espy's teammates. And it, I had one take to basically get it all right and uh, dive into a freaking 38 degree ice bath. So I saw those ice baths and I didn't even know about this and I wanted to get in. And then I was thinking, I'm like, they would be so pissed if all of a sudden I'm like, hold on, hold these headsets and I jump in the ice bath. <laughs> that would have been bad. <laughs> Anyway. Well, you're lucky you don't have to create an ice bath, like go buy six bags of ice. Yeah. Like uh, you just happen to be near. Uh, I, I, yeah. uh, you know, that rumor, $5 could actually go to charity. Rumor has it, I know where a horse trough is. Do you yes. know where free so, ice is? So, Tex, explain the logistics because I'm sure a few people who are listening or do, that do listen to this are going to be called out. Uh, and this is going to spread like wildfire, hopefully. But Yeah, uh, I mean. Like fire it, and ice. Fire and ice show. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, I mean, you don't even have to wait to be called out. You can go ahead and start your own chain. <laughs> So the uh, we only got two rules to keep it simple, and it's once you are called out or once you're initiating, you got 24 hours to dunk yourself fully submerged into an ice bath. And all of the being called out occurs through Facebook, as it turns out, right? Yes. Okay, so, so you have to be on Facebook regularly and like to know. 
for 24 hours. Uh, if you come up with a way to get it out on Tinder, Callie, I'm all ears. It, I, it's, it's done. I have my people on it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, let me tell you, you don't get the uh, the handle balls deep on Tinder for nothing. You got to burn that. This is getting worse. This, this conversation is over. <laughs> uh, no Continue. What's the second rule? What's the second rule? We second. See the looks second rule is. <laughs> that second rule is keep really going. So you're going to challenge. Second three. rule is don't talk about it. Don't even let Callie look at me right now. You just feel the laser beams. I, I know what you're thinking, and I don't like it. <laughs> so, Tab, yeah, we got to keep talking about it. So, this is how we kind of spread that awareness for neuroblastoma. So, second rule is keep it going. So, you got to challenge three people, and our goal is $30 a person. So, if they dunk, then you pay $30 to their charity that they start, wadesarmy.org. And if they miss the window, they got to pay up to you. So it's up to them if they still want to dunk, still want to challenge and kind of keep it going. So I strongly suggest calling out three people, you know, are down, you know, they're willing. Uh, good fellow. He, he called out three people. Uh, Michelle Sano, CrossFit Albany. She took it and ran with it and got the whole gym. There's now a chain. They're leading a team. I don't know how they're doing it, but they're beating our, our fundraising team. But she took it and ran with it. He called out another guy from another gym, and the guy basically laughed at it, ignored it, and pretended to be too good for it. So you get kind of that one spark where you get a girl that's already raised 500 bucks in two days, and you have somebody else that's just too good for 30 bucks or Who's that guy? Embarrassed. Who's that guy? The uh, some guy in DC. I don't even know. Don't who say is. his name. Well, I call him out. I, I'm probably offline, but it's it's. <laughs> what yeah. what about Denny eating hot dogs? Like I'll do it. <laughs> like could we get like a uh, like a Italian I'm, I'm in. uh, Chicago in. hot dog eating contest? <laughs> yeah. Um, if Jared Allen has invited us to a Chicago game, Bears game. So maybe we have a combination power athlete event. You. We. We. Yeah, we're all going. Like, is this like when we're saying like we're all going to Germany for Oktoberfest? Oh, Callie, we need you. (laughs) Well, so Callie, when we say we, just Callie's going. Uh, But no, uh, Jared, I I think that we could have a little power athlete adventure. I mean, Luke, you cool to go to a Bears game? I'm fine with that. I guess I could go. Denny, (laughs) Denny, you okay with going to to a Bears game? Absolutely. Only if you wear a mustache and look like Coach Ditka. 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 Sausage. <laughs> Hold on, I'm having a heart attack right here. Okay. So Remember text that if from Saturday Night Live? Yeah, super fans. Chris so Farley. text if, if people want to call people out, they just uh, post it to Facebook, right? So like if I, if John and I go to his horse trough today and we get in this full-on ice bath, that's how I initiate this, right? To Correct. A- so fully submerge yourself in a horse trough, though. Just get, get your head deep. That's all we got to do. Get your head underneath. You got to suffer a little bit. And then call three people out. Give them 24 hours. Give them and call them up. So I'll, get, I'll get balls deep. Head deep and balls deep. <laughs> all right. Is, is there a rule about how much ice is in the, in the apparatus? One cube. One cube. Apparently, three, 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 how much my vagina cold? Because everybody kind of called me out on, on the one bagger, which was a 22-pound bag. What do you know about a vagina? <laughs> Nothing. I have four daughters. I've had to change butts. True story. Yeah, he's... One so, time, uh, you know... You changed a lot of diapers. This is I changed the a lot of diapers. Yeah. <laughs> so let's... Can we... Let's finish For the this. love of God. Looks like this we is, just got to end this shit. Well, no, because this is... I mean, we've de- we've started a charity in Wade Bird's name, and we, like... This is a huge objective for us this year is to raise, like, 100 grand for this thing. So yeah. let's let's roll with this thing. All right, I think well, it's a great idea. Uh, we're going to go dunk here in a little bit. We're going to bang some weights. And then... Uh, well, we, we got to get some turf. So we're going to go turf... Turf, bang, gym, ice. Turf, right. gym, ice. Right. And then so for regulation, let's say 40 to 60 pounds of ice. Yeah, that's fine. Three, How's yeah, that sound? Three, uh, th- three 20-pounders works. Is actually cool with that? Yeah, just get cold and then call somebody out. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Beautiful. All right, what else? What other shameless promotions do we have? 
Uh, we're gonna be t-shirts. in Texas. We're gonna be in Texas. We're launching T-shirts this Friday. Uh, our Power Athlete Pro members—they're gonna get a, a little newsletter here today with uh, with discount and early release. And then uh, let's see. That's—I mean—that's it. We're we're rolling now. Taking over the world. Yeah. I'm I'm making a post on Facebook for no one to listen to this episode. <laughs> Sounds good. But uh, all right, boys, let's let's wrap it up there. And then uh, it looks like who's in the hopper, Denny, for guests. We're finalizing Jim Wendler because uh, he's got a busy schedule. Who else, Denny? We got uh, Dr. Steve. He he was kind of on vacation this week, so we're gonna hook up with him next week. And I'm trying to get Rob and Hannah back on our freaking. Uh, our Sanders. yeah our yacht racers right just to kind of like touch base and see how they uh how their race went and some you know how they felt their training held up or if it did so we got all that coming up in the next few weeks beautiful yeah all right. Looking forward like to plan, that. Boys. i'm gonna go uh I, if everything goes well when we record next time, we're gonna go with we're gonna go with Dr. Steve. All right, sounds good. All right, All right. boys. Well, good show, and we'll catch up with you guys next week. See you guys. Bye. Thanks. Bye. 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 <laughs>